This is Jabba the Jedi, a podcast about one man the size of an ugly space slug trying to slim down to be more like a Jedi. My name's Gav Murphy, and on this week's podcast, I talk to a guy who's basically made it his business to make anyone who's ever thought about doing any kind of run feel bad. He's an ultra runner called Kieran, and he's a ridiculously impressive bloke. I wanted to talk to Kieran about some of the amazing things that he's done in his running career. Is that a thing, running career? (laughs) I mean, I have said it now, so it's probably going to end up in the podcast unless I end it out, which I'm definitely not going to do, let's be honest. One of the really interesting things that came out of my chat with Kieran, though, was this thing about motivation, and that's a massive thing for me at the moment, and I'm sure it's a massive thing for the people who are listening to this right now, thinking about making a massive change in their lives. How do you motivate yourself to do these big changes? How do you motivate yourself to go to the gym in the morning instead of sleeping in? Or how do you motivate yourself not to go to the pub with your workmates after a shitty day and do some exercise instead? It's hard. It's really hard. For me, obviously, motivation is a little bit easier because I've got a lean, mean Cameroonian training machine in the form of Fabrice Le Physique. I went around the other day for one of my first daytime training sessions with Fabrice, right? And I was a bit early. And what happens is with Fabrice, you go in, you say hello, get changed, and then do my nine-minute warm-up on the treadmill. Now, if you remember back to the very first episode, when I first started warming up, it was just seven minutes. And then it went up to nine. And this time, Fabrice had a little surprise for me. So that was him explaining that now, instead of running nine minutes, we'd be running 15 minutes every day. But not only that, because I was early for our session, I had to run even more. I had to run an extra five minutes on top of that, so 20 minutes because I was early. You don't punish someone for being early. They should be rewarded, surely. He should have been on the treadmill with me on his back, giving me a little piggyback ride as a little treat. To anyone who's into running or serious about fitness, I know this is going to sound ridiculous, but going from nine minutes to 20 minutes seemed absolutely undoable. And remember, that's just the warm-up as well. (laughs) I still had another three quarters of an hour of training after that. But just that thing of shocking myself on my body and doing a little bit more and pushing myself further without notice really spun me out. I was running watching the seconds drag on until I got to 20 minutes. And obviously, afterwards, I was absolutely fine. But it was just the idea of having all that extra running in front of me that did me in. This was something I started chatting about with my guest for this week, a fitness tech expert and ultra runner, Kieran Olga, who I've known for about four years. I think the first time that I met you, we were forced to sleep in the same room. I don't think I even actually met you. Yeah, yeah. And we were in Barcelona, I think, for yeah, work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they literally just chucked us in the same room. That, yeah, and we yeah. hadn't actually met. So the first time I actually met you, I think either you were asleep or I was asleep. And one of us coming back pissed and getting into bed. Yeah. But I remember... <laughs> into a separate bed. Into se- separate beds, yeah, separate beds. <laughs> but then the next morning, you got up and went for a run around Barcelona. Yeah. And I was like, who is this dickhead? <laughs> it's, like, it's the best thing to do, like... It's, I still maintain like that's one of the things for a hangover <clears throat> on the level if you can get up and you could if you haven't got one of those hangovers that's completely debilitating yeah. and you, you know you can see a cup of water on the table but you can't pick it up you're yeah. that you're that rough if you can get out go and do a quick kind of three or four miles just get up a sweat you come back and you're a hundred times better than, than the guys that. that you've left it's amazing I'm absolutely not having that exercise on a hangover thing that sounds horrible it sounds like a recipe for death which is not a good thing but that doesn't surprise me Kieran. the man is a 
beast. He properly likes running, like really likes it. He writes about his bonkers fitness experiences on his blog Man vs Miles and he's run 22 marathons since 2010 and one of those he ran in 2 hours and 55 minutes, which if you don't know, and I didn't, doing a marathon in under 3 hours really puts you in the big leagues. Like I said, he likes running, but this is how he got his start. I signed up for the British 10K, A6 British 10K, which runs around the House of Parliament. Okay. You know, a good, nice course. I was doing it with a couple of other guys. At three o'clock in the morning, we were in Richmond having cocktails. And they're like, they're like yeah, we'll have one more. Like, we'll definitely be there at the start. We'll see you there. I got up the next day, had to get up at seven, was still drunk, went to the race start. They didn't bother to get out of bed. Jesus. But I ran it. It's hurt so much. I was like, I have to get this done as right. quickly as I can. I ran my fastest ever 10K to this day. Serious? Was sick at the finish line. Phoned those guys up. They were still at home hanging on the sofa. And I felt like a million bucks, you know. Your fastest ever, was it, what was the time? I think it was like 38 minutes. And that's the fastest you've ever run a 10K? I've never, I've never managed to repeat it. <laughs> I've I've never been actually I've, yeah I've been sick one other time at the end yeah. of the race but oh my god it was yeah it was it was horrendous whilst I did it and I still can't believe I don't actually know how to get back to that fast yeah so. the first time I became aware of like your running was in 2012 because what ridiculous things did you do in 2012 so in 2012 I decided that I would do 2012 miles it was Olympic year that's mad it was it was fairly bonkers and I I'd, I'd sort of. I'd got to the point where I was sort of lining up all these different races. Yeah. You know, just because you get the bug, you know, you see a cool race, you want to go and do it, get the medal. And I'd stitched together, you know, a, a couple of marathons throughout the year and a couple of halves here and there. I go just casually, I stitched together a couple of marathons. It's like. just, someone, what happens is someone sends me an email yeah. and they say, have you seen this? Yeah. And then I look at it and there'll be pictures of people running and looking like they're really enjoying themselves in the mountains or somewhere crazy. Yeah. I'll instantly be like, I have to do that. And so I just, that year I'd sort of basically just stupidly signed myself up for too many races. Yeah. And then I thought, well, if I'm going to do all the training, do those races, I might as well put it together and do something for charity. It was yeah. Olympic year. And I thought that was kind of where the idea of my blog came from. Yeah. So I went and set about with a big spreadsheet running all those miles in a year. Something like I needed to run an average of six or seven miles a day which sounds okay that doesn't sound like until you much. miss a couple of days right and every time you miss a day it stacks up i really ended the uh, or sort of loaded up the end of the year right so come okay. november i then in order to make the mileage make december make it doable i ended up doing 10 miles every day in yeah. november because i wasn't going to make the target um that was the furthest i'd ever run consecutively yeah. at that point that's too much man just becomes the norm yeah that's you know and I, I i remember back to when i first started running yeah if you were or, or even sort of training generally if you you'd look at someone who i did a 10k and you look at someone who's doing a half marathon you think mm. there's no way that's possible how can you go on after that and do another six miles yeah did my first half and then you think when you cross that line you're like those guys who do the marathons are crazy <laughs> mental guys <laughs> As you do them, though, the distances just shrink a bit. Yeah. So you can't, you know, you, you can do them. It just, it's little bits by little bits. It's really hard to listen to him and not be inspired to get out and start running. And if 2,012 miles in a year isn't floating your boat, listen to this nonsense about running an ultra marathon, the marathon de Saab. It's six days in the, in the Sahara Desert, in mm. the Moroccan Sahara, and you're doing distances. I think the first three days are somewhere between 30 and 40 kilometers, so almost okay. a marathon distance each day. And then you go into a longer day. In our case, we did 91 kilometers on the long day. What? You have a rest day, and then the final day is a marathon distance again. Um, you carry all your own kit. So you've got about, as, you have to take 2,000 calories of food per day, minimum. Right. 
so you can you have to work out how much weight you can carry off the back of that. So, you're so hang on, you but you're not stopping. You have to take two thousand calories a day, but you're carrying them from the start. Yeah, all of your stuff, Jesus. everything that you have for the six days is on your okay. back, apart from the tents that they put up. Okay. So you're running with eight and a half kilos on your back through various different terrain. Mainly, actually, it's not sand, even though right. you're in the desert. It's rocky. It's like little fist-sized rocks all okay. over the place, which is why people get loads of blisters. What was the hardest day, Martin Sal? I mean, I'm, I'm assuming a lot of those. Like that long day sounds like hell. The, the long day was, yeah, definitely the hardest bit. Mm. Yeah, the first day you're a bit fearful because you don't really know what to expect. But I guess adrenaline must get carried through the first day, right? Adrenaline, yeah, you, you, and you, I, I was reserved. So yeah. I had a bit of a race plan. Whilst a lot of people would turn up already at their peak fitness mm. for day one, I went in slightly under. Okay. So took it fairly easy on the first day, and I knew that I'd get stronger as I went into the long day. And by the time okay. I hit the long day, I'd be up and ready to, you know. To and that would that definitely happened. And that it, worked. It happened, and it really worked. Amazing. So you know, day one there were people sprinting home the last five k's, mm. maybe gaining ten minutes. Yeah. I slowed down. Self preservation was the key. Yeah. Kept enough in the locker for the next day, and the next day, and the next day. Yeah. Grew in fitness. But the long day basically blew a hole in me. It was... Um, what was it, 91K? 91Ks. The first half of it was was reasonable running terrain. So we got I got through that pretty quick. <laughs> I had a tactic, right? If yeah. you, I'd, when it was flat and it was good te- terrain and it yeah. wasn't too hot, I would run. The minute we hit the sand and it was going to take more effort to run than walk, I marched. So there were people running in the sand, killing themselves up and down dunes to get, yeah. you know, a couple of... Basically, none of them really overtook me. I had a thing, if, if anyone overtook me in the dunes, I knew I'd catch them again. Yeah. Very few people did. So I'd march the dunes, save my energy. When it got to the flat, I was quicker because I, yeah. I was in better shape. The only problem with that is the second half of the long day, the sand dunes never ended. <laughs> got, had it, you know, we went through the longest sand dunes at between one and three o'clock. Yeah. And it was it was brutal. That, that was really brutal. My darkest moment was... Sun was going down, had to get my head torch out. And I basically, the batteries that I'd put in that morning deliberately so that I knew it would work, Yeah, didn't work. I tested it in the morning. I tested it, did everything I could for this moment not to happen. And there it yeah. is, the sun's going, I'd left it too late. The sun's going down. It's getting dark. I haven't got a head torch. If you don't have a head torch, they disqualify <clears throat> you. What? So if a, if a Frenchman sees me without my head torch, my, my last four days of pain and nothing. And also I can't see where I'm going. I'm in the middle of the Sahara. And although it's fairly safe now, yeah. you're in an, it is still a, it's still a dangerous environment. Yeah. Another Frenchman who I'd been, you know, you, you basically have these, this to and fro mm. with a guy in front of you, a little bit of competition. He stopped for me and waited whilst I sorted out my head torch, helped me with it and yeah. we went on. But at that moment- You managed to get it working. Got it working, but with 30Ks to go, it was just, you know, it was getting dark, and I said, like, when the, when it gets dark, your head goes a bit. Yeah, that's it's quite a hard thing to deal with because you're looking at nothing, right? Because yeah. you're looking out, and there's just nothing there. Yeah, and it's just the depression. You know, when the sun's gone, it it just feels like you feel yeah. a bit vulnerable. But that was that was brutal. <laughs> and with a yeah, so Mice Trainer did a similar thing. He uh, stopped me, w- w- made me start running from seven minutes to nine minutes. So <laughs> yeah, I, exactly I know, the same. I, mate. Exactly the it's same exactly, thing. So you know exactly where I've been. <laughs> But see, it is, it is. It's, it's, you know, we joke, but it's, yeah. it doesn't matter. You know, those distances, whatever's your next le- leap on, yeah. it's, to me, it's the same, you know, and you've, you've got to go through it. One of the main things I was trying to get out of Kieran is how the frick do you motivate yourself to run 251k in the desert, or to run 2012 miles in a single year, or finish a marathon in under three hours? I was fucking struggling to run 20 minutes. What I did get out of him, though, was something I've generally thought about every single day that I've trained since. 
the brilliant thing about it is everyone's yeah. got their limit. Everyone's capable of different things. I have a sort of saying that I run out to people when I'm talked about running and, and training, and it's every goal is equal. Yeah. You know, so whether if you if you've never run a mile and you go and run a mile. To me, that's as good as me where I'm at now going out and running a marathon. It still takes guts and gumption to get up and do it. Yeah. And you've got to start somewhere. Good on you, as far as I'm concerned. Just finally then, so every week on the podcast, I give people who are listening like a bit of homework. So it's like something that they can go away and do that doesn't have to be super hard, but something that anybody can just go away and do this week that can help them and be a bit healthier. So if you had one bit of homework for people, what would you reckon it would be? I guess I'm going to pick something that's, that's running related. And I reckon if you can stitch together for yeah. a week, go out and just do seven runs. Okay. Doesn't matter how long, really. Yeah. If you can make him a mile maybe even up and go one mile two mile three mile four mile five mile six mile seven mile yeah if you can get that far but just build them up in increments but get out and do a run of 30 minutes or more okay for seven days and see how you feel stick your kit on every morning and just get out there and do it and i bet you feel better after the seven and you'll feel more confident that's awesome that's a good bit of homework if you like the sound of kieran you should check him out and have a look at his blog manversusmiles.com it's bonkers trying to keep up with what he's doing but he's a really good dude and will inspire you to help yourself for sure i've had loads of awesome feedback so much so that i'm thinking about doing an extra special episode just all about the stuff i've been sent in one of the things i'd like you to send me in though if you do have it is what is that one song that you listen to when you're training that you're embarrassed to tell people like it could be a really really guilty pleasure but i want to know what that song is so if you want to get in touch you can it's jabba to jedi at gmail.com or i'm Kamragav on twitter you can also see super sexy pictures of me on instagram where i'm at jabba to jedi they're not really sexy they're really horrible i'll be back on the 25th of march if you could rate and review the podcast on itunes that would be lovely here's a little sneak peek of the next episode Catch, man. That was close. That was a close one. That was close. Good work. This is what you're here for. Look after me, see? <laughs>